Hi, this is Cricket. This is Mimi. This is Chris Milam. And we're all sitting around here in our living room, and Chris is going to play for us. Right now. <laughs> what are you going to play? I was told I'm supposed to play a Steve Earle song. You don't it's have to play it first. It's always best to start with Steve Earle song. Go ahead. I'm gonna, I just want to get it out of the way if I can. Did yeah. you learn this song just for us? Uh, I'd, I've known several songs that I liked a lot by Steve Earle for a long time, but I did learn this one for the occasion. Uh, I knew a couple others already, but I didn't want to play them. Awesome. Possible? Oh, sorry. <laughs> we forgot to check Chris's ego at the door. <laughs> no, that's that's something of an inside joke. Me and Cricket and Mimi know that they secretly hate me. <laughs> it might have means that we don't love him enough, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody loves me enough. So, how was Mucklewing? Oh, shut up, Chris. Uh, Mimi got bitten by a chupacabra at McElwain. That's what right. the hell is a chupacabra? What is that? How the hell do you not know what a chupacabra is? You know what? I've, I've only seen that word once in my life, and it was on... Have you ever seen What Would Tyler Durden Do? Dot com? No. Okay. <laughs> Why haven't we ever seen that is the question. Uh, okay, have you ever go to gorillamask.net? No. Okay, well, it's like their sister site. Gorilla Mask just kind of does, like, funny links or whatever. And then, it's like, like fart. And, uh, well, I don't know. And n- naked girls... And these types of things, but uh, <laughs> you know they have like the not safe for work thing in parentheses after yeah, everything. Yeah, Fark is the same way. Um, but it's their sister site, and it's just like just one guy, and he'll do like a little celebrity gossip headline and then commentary, and he's pretty outstanding. But he he used, knows about chupacabras. Well, he called uh, Nicole Richie that. <laughs> but I'm not, not a bad description. But I still don't know what that is. It means goat sucker. It's it's a Mexican myth about. 
Um, you know how uh, in the Southwest there are always those desiccated cows that are like, like show up and they're like, they've been like exsanguinated and sure. stuff? Sure. <laughs> do you really know what I'm talking about or are you just I absolutely, along? I absolutely do. I grew okay. up over there. You grew up by a desiccated cow or? <laughs> in the Southwest. You grew up in Memphis. <laughs> what? No, you didn't. Oh, what? I thought you were from Memphis. I'm originally from Flagstaff, Arizona. I feel like I'm having you pull my leg right now. I feel like I am pulling your leg. Yeah, I thought you might be. All right, anyway, so, um, because I'm thinking if you were from Arizona, you'd know what a chupacabra was. <clears throat> Virginia. I don't speak Spanish very well, though. Yeah? <laughs> it's like a mythological vampiric kind of beast that goes after goats and cows. It's a goat sucker. It's, it's a, a goat, goat sucker. sucker. I see. And Lindsay, er, sorry, Nicole Ritchie is a goat sucker. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I had no idea. I, that's so, so you know somebody named Lindsay that Nicole Ritchie reminds you no, of? No, he was thinking of Lindsay Lohan. I was thinking of Lindsay oh. Lohan for a second. They were like the same person. <laughs> See, he and I are right there on the same page, apparently. Yeah. She also likes rock music, though. Yeah, you guys were made for each other. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, that's you probably why. You go to an ACDC show. What now? You go to an ACDC show together. I fucking love to go to an ACDC show. Mm-hmm. You, these are, these are What's bits of... What's your favorite ACDC album? Album? Oh, God, I don't even know if I could... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I listen to albums. Uh, I have a live bootleg of Thunderstruck that is probably the most prized possession that I own. It's a little bit I feel bit like of, you're lying. It is a bit of... Oh, I have it. <laughs> no, I feel like you're lying about the prized possession. It's amazing. Part. They play that like guitar intro for like six minutes. Oh, my God, my eyeballs would burst. Why? That sounds like complete hell on earth. Oh, well, instead of, like, the Freebird outro, it's, like, the Thunderstruck intro. And all of a sudden, it's, that's how they open the show, and then you hear the guy go... And th- that guy, by the way, sounds a lot like... Like, Chris Cornell sounds like him now. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, um, the guy comes on, he goes, Are you ready to rock? And everybody's like, Yeah, Thunderstruck! <laughs> and <they> start, <laughs> okay, that's funny. And he, finally, <laughs> and he finally starts up with the Thunderstruck, and it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. If you don't... This is why she dates a drummer, and you probably date a flute player. <laughs> See, that sounded like it works at a gay person. Too. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, so play, play one of your songs for us. Warm, this is a new song. This is, this is just a new song. That's all that is. What don't give up on me now? What don't give up on me now?
we should cheer at the end. I know. It feels weird not to cheer. Well, cheer only if it's warranted. Um, well, it's I since I feel it, it must be warranted, right? Uh, that's a little bit. I don't think of that. I should probably silence my phone because it's already. Oh, there it is. Um, that's a little bit of a throwback songwriting. Not southern rock throwback songwriting, but a little bit of throwback songwriting nonetheless. Some people would make that. Let's say that might be a bad song because of that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> I would say that it's not a sixties pop song than a southern rock song. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So when you do songwriting, do you write a song and then the music or do you do both together? That is one uh depends on the song. Sometimes uh that's when I had to hook for and just started writing around that. And I th- I feel like, you know, if you're gonna write that type of a song you kinda have to account for it in the lyrics a little bit. So uh yeah, I mean, I, this the song is basically about being a throwback, and why uh, if you try to live that way, it's kind of unsuccessful. But anyway, so that was like a holistic thing, where it was about the style and also the lyrics. Yes, yeah, of course. Right. I was thinking of all these things when I heard it. Of course you were. I kind of feel like you pulled my leg again. <laughs> I kind of feel like I got too many legs. I gotta let go of a couple. Of them. Yeah, I'll play whenever it rains. Why not? Strength and the guitar strong. 
moment that it actually started raining outside. It well, did start raining, night. but he also broke a guitar string I and played really. right through it. Yeah. Well, so yes. kids at home, if you want to be as professional as possible, take a cue from Chris and play right through it. Oh, yes. I actually, on my last tour, I played a place that uh, <laughs> that is a music venue in Chattanooga and didn't have a PA. And, of course, I didn't bring one because I didn't think I needed to. And... Uh, so I played for like 35 people, unplugged. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have any strings, but it's okay. I won't the G's the most dispensable one, if you ask me. Which nobody did. But. Uh, so, so for all our fans, not only should you send us liquor, but you can send us guitar strings and right. So why don't I tell you about the first time I got drunk? Right. So I was, I was always young for my, for my grade. And so, like, when all my friends your birthday started, was like earlier. August 10th. It was, like, at the young end of the spectrum. And so when I was, uh, like, you know, all my friends were driving. I was the last one to get the license. And But when my friend Alan Shore <laughs> turned 13 and was bar mitzvahized, uh, little, <laughs> little Chris was just 15, or, sorry, just 12 at the time. And so we all went to Alan's bar mitzvah. And I knew that afterwards they'd have... Uh, a whole table full of grape juice for the kids, and then they'd have a whole table full of wine for the adults. And I don't know why, but as like I left about five minutes early, along with one other kid, uh, and I think, well, I won't incriminate anybody, but I think I remember who it was. And we just kind of snuck out when they were wrapping up the, you know, they had the beanies on the head and they were doing the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was very it was very good. Alan did great, and then we we just rushed out and hit up the wine table before any of the adults had come out yet. And so we were just downing like those little little cups of wine just as quick as we could. Little plastic ones like yeah, this. Yeah, just tiny, as quick as we could before all the adults came out. And, you know, we took care of a couple of them before the adults came out, but you're 12 years old, and uh, that'll do you. And so we were just, I just remember about four or five of us sitting at the reception all around in a big table and just giggling our asses off. Did you and Oh no, no! I just, I just felt, I just felt nice and happy, and a little bit warm, <laughs> and uh, and I just remember thinking like, okay, parents are coming over, need to be cool. Yeah. But I probably was not cool. I probably was never cool. And also, when you're 12, your parents aren't thinking you're drunk. No. So, yeah. That's probably true. Although my my parents are, are pretty hip to the whole thing. As a well, I mean, and other people's parents were drunk probably, so they probably didn't even notice. So what you're saying is your parents expected you to be drunk when you were 12? They were oh God, no! To that thing, or no? They think <laughs> they think I'm a choir boy. Um, <laughs> you live no. in Nashville and you're a singer songwriter. They think you're a choir boy now? No, I'm just joking. I don't. My uh, they, they they raised me pretty right, you know. I, I don't want to say anything more about my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. They can't be incriminated for you know what I do. They're not guilty by association. Um. But anyway, let me play. Uh, let me play a short one. Can I play a short one? You can play anything that you want to. The breast I down, yes, she's wound down to a superficial calm. But if you're waiting for a storm, you won't be waiting long. Apologetic, bitter voices rise from her and swell, whispering reminders of a secret I can't tell. Her full force gale with curveball hail settles in with these. And I don't know which way she's blowing, she changes with the breeze. No, I don't know which way she's blowing, she changes with her breeze. She smiles in all directions at the corners of her mouth. And if you catch her in the north, she's likely headed south. She never asks for seconds without stopping for a third. The language of her breakneck paces saves a dirty word. She's wrestling the branches, she's undressing the trees, and I don't know which way she's turning, she changes with the leaves. No, I don't know which way she's blowing, she changes with the breeze. Uh, this is the dumbest line I ever wrote. She's circling the shoreline like a brunette killer whale. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or a blonde or redhead. Not supposed to have a laugh. I'm treading bloody water. She's picking up my trail. She's churning rising water. She's tempting me to float. Her tidal wave convictions for the bottom of my boat. She echoes on the coastline of the Cape and of the Keys. 
And I don't know which way she's going, she changes with the seas. No, I don't know which way she's turning, she changes with the leaves. No, I don't know which way she's blowing, she changes with the breeze. Okay, my left or side, I really like that song. It was a really <laughs> good song. Yeah. Well, look at that. Thank you. I'm sorry I laughed in the middle of it. No, it's supposed to be funny. And what's the name of the song before it, too? All right, yeah, we played played Someday by Steve Earle. We played Don't Give Up On Me Now by Chris Milam. We played, um, what else? We've just, we played Whenever It Rains by Chris Milam. And we played... The new song that was the new song. song. You don't have a name. You said it's just the new song. What is that? Oh, this, uh, that's Don't Give Up On Me Now. Okay. Because... That's what I say That's the most. And, uh, or else we'll make up the name for it like we do for every podcast. Well, you, you're welcome to do that. I'm, you, you can probably beat me. And then that, <laughs> and that, one, that one was She Changed With The Breeze. Also creative. This is Rose, by the way. Meet Rose. My guitar is Rose. I know who you met. Yeah. Uh, last one was Pearl. Because she was black, and that's the most precious and valuable of all the pearls, is the black one. Uh, and what? <laughs> so, just so everybody understands what just happened, um, our friend, who happens to not be white in the kitchen, thought that was very amusing. Uh, no, it's true. Uh, I love pearl. And, yeah, there you go. Uh, she and I should set up comedy act. Chris, you're a comedy act all by yourself. I think so. You know what, though? I want to go ahead and say, y'all, even if y'all think I'm funny, which is likely, uh, (laughs) is y'all, y'all have like a straight face with me. Like, I noticed you listen to the Corey Brandon podcast and y'all are giggling like schoolgirls. We may have a Corey problem. We'll get to giggling for Chris. Ladies that are out there, if you've only seen his CD where he has the ridiculous pictures of like the back of his head or whatever's on there. Why? He's the cutest thing in the history of ever. But you're, but you're all your pictures you have on your website. I had a girl who works for an artist management firm. This girl I knew for the summer. She was just here for the summer entering at this thing, and she was. That was the first thing she said. She was like. You have to take different pictures. She's like, yes. I would automatically assume that you were the ugliest person alive. <laughs> All the pictures are in the yeah. back of your head. Yeah, you just look like a dork, right, on the on your website. Like, it's not you're ugly. It's just you look really dorky. And it's what like, am I doing on my website? I don't even know. You just look dorky. I don't know. But he's the cutest thing in the history of cute. He's very cute. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll play another new one.
Now that I've earned the plug. <laughs> don't, if you don't believe that, you can wait until we write our final review of it later and read it then. But having Chris just play in your living room is kind of making me swoon a little bit. Oh. oh. Next time oh, I'm going to give you a good. wink during the next song. <laughs> <laughs> I played I played uh, some friends oh, of mine. Oh, you didn't tell them where you could, they could buy the album. CD Baby? Oh, uh, yeah. You can go to CD Baby. Uh, dot com slash Milam Chris. It's M I L A M Chris. Uh, although I'm Chris Milam, they do it dyslexic at CD Baby. Or you can just search uh, iTunes uh, for Chris Milam or Napster, or uh, you know, find a friend that already has a CD and pirate it from him, or whatever you want to do. But we don't encourage that. Chris has to pay his rent. <laughs> I do. I do have to pay my rent. I worked. I worked a bartending gig for like seven hours yesterday, serving lemonade to little kids running around Peabody campus at Vanderbilt. That's not how you'd like to pay rent, preferably. Really, because if you're going to be bartending, you might as well be serving drinks to uh, famous country musicians in Nashville. Right. I, <laughs> I didn't think it would be appropriate to throw vodka in the eight-year-old's lemonade. But for some reason, no, no Peabody professors drink. They all just came up and like, unsweet tea, please. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, Did you hear the disdain on the unsweet tea people? Chris is very. <laughs> That's right. Don't be drinking the unsweet tea. Unless it's just made with Splenda because you have diabetes. That's okay. Well, there was like this really good Zydeco band that was playing the place right. because it was like a, it was some Mardi Gras themed party. And In the middle of August. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And hate to see. And uh, but they were really good. And the singer um, had had been drink- He brought his own cup. And he came up to us at the bar, and I, so he was like, cup? "Yeah, he's like, he's like, man, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need some beer." And I was like, "One beer, coming right up." And I, I grabbed my one of my solos, and he's like, "Actually, uh, could you just fill this up?" And he pulls out like, you know, a 64 gallon LSU <laughs> LSU Tigers cup. And I'm just like, dude, I'll just give you a pony keg. Like, just take that. Back. <laughs> Like, was it like a real Zydeco band, like Buckwheat Zydeco or something? Uh, I don't know who they were, but they were good. Yeah. They were good. Uh, and then they did, they did like the Freebird version of uh, You Are My Sunshine for all the little kids running around. <laughs> like at one point they played up to the, the seven-year-old girls and they're like, play You Are My Sunshine. And that was the longest version. I hate that song now. Is because that ever happened to you at a show? The, the seven-year-old girls request. Up for You Are My Sunshine? You Are My Sunshine? Uh, no. Girls, um, although I have played brown-eyed girls six times in a row. <laughs> what? No. Why? <laughs> no, that's true. Every time, I've, because people get on to me because like my covers are kind of mini and varied and obscure. And they're like, man, just play something I know. I'm like, I'm not playing brown-eyed girls. <laughs> go, go to Tin Roof if you want to hear that joke. Uh, okay, play us a cover song then. Play you a cover. Yeah. Um, obscure and varied one. This isn't, uh, I don't know anything that obscure and varied. But I can play you... Why are you learning, Colin? Not Halloween. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Alright. <laughs> I remember you well in the Chelsea 
so brave and so sweet Giving me head on the unmade bed While the limousines fade in the street And those were the reasons and that was New York We're running for money and flesh And that was called love to the workers and some It probably still is to those of us Just turned your back on the crowd You got away I never once heard you say I need you I don't need you Oh no, I just, I know oh, okay. that he already, I know that Josh already did it. Alright, yeah, alright. Yeah, we both love Leonard Cohen. I lived in Montreal for a long time. No, I mean, I knew yeah. y'all, y'all, had, y'all would have to love Leonard Cohen. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, but he I can't love Leonard Cohen songs by, played by, by other people. people. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, Hallelujah is a fun cover to do live just because people recognize it and love it so much, but... It's for Jeff Buckley. Yeah, but if, <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you want to, like, record a cover, I don't really see the point of doing Hallelujah because it's like, alright, Buckley... He owns that like, song. Like, yeah. That's the version. Yeah. You're not going to improve on that. Yeah, you should see Mimi's face every time the John Cale version of that comes onto my iPod. Yeah, I'm like, to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no! For, uh, for everybody at home, when she made the noise, the look on her face was looked like the uh, blue Muppet, the guy that has like that constant frown. 
Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? What was that guy's name? Okay, are we talking about the American Eagle or the other guy? May is is the is the eagle blue? Yeah, yeah. Sam the eagle. He's I like, think yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's what she looked like. <laughs> so who are your favorite songwriters? Um, I guess if you do what I do, you have to love and respect the Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen recently. I've been listening to a lot of Robert Johnson. I'm from Memphis, so of course I love my core Brandon. A lot of Paul Simon recently. Leonard McCartney, they're my heroes. Who else? Larry Cohen, but like you said, he's not he's not the best to listen, but he's good to study. I don't know. Who are y'all listening to? Uh, <laughs> Corey Brannon. We listen to Corey Brannon. Uh, we listen to uh, a lot of uh, Waylon, Willie, and Johnny. Yeah. Chris Christopherson. Waylon, yeah. Willie, and Johnny. You rattle that off like it's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> it, for us, it is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's Waylon, Willie, Steve's and Johnny. not in there? Steve actually is set one level ahead as he is the great Buddha of all. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. I, I love my Steve Earle. I am saying now, okay, that Steve Earle is phenomenal and is way better than Neil Young, which was a debate that we cut out of this whole podcast because it was lame. And now, Chris, tell your story. First of all, Mimi, I never said, uh, I can't say definitively who is better between you Neil Young and Steve. You compared Steve, our God, to Neil Young. This is unacceptable. They're comparable. They're singer-songwriters, and they're, they have... Chiefly political lyrics these days. No, that's the only way they're comparable. The absolute only way. Steve well, guess Earl, what? That's one way Steve in which Earl they're comparable. It's like an actual like old-fashioned troubadour. He can play his guitar. He's like phenomenal. I okay. know that it's blasphemous for y'all to malign Steve Earle since okay, your website is named after him and everything. But the thing is, is that even if that okay, way before that. Okay, let's talk about back in the day. Clearly, your mind will change after. When when was the day? The day was a Thursday. Okay. And Dane Cook tell you that. Everybody knows that Wednesday. back in the day was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. I know that. Um, Thank you. This just appeared before me. Um, I just don't, I'm so flabbergasted by this. I don't even know what to say. I mean, here's the thing. Steve Earle, uh, Steve Earle is very good. I know you can't take me seriously about this because, like, you know that I like him. All right? So, you, like, anything I say about Steve is discounted automatically by you. But my point is, is that some other time, you and I will talk about this. The Steve Earle story... Is that uh, I grew up? I have to say I got to give my my family credit and my my friends. They they always let me listen to good stuff growing up. So like I never went through like the uh, you know like Hanson phase or whatever. Um, thank God. Like the first uh, two tapes I owned were REM Automatic for the People and Pearl Jam Ten. Not bad for hey, you guys. Guess how young he is now? Not not bad for you know like a seven year old or whatever. But anyway. So anyway. Um, so I always listened to good stuff growing up, but I, I, I entered college still pretty limited in what I listened to. And I took a songwriting class at school and, here in Nashville, and um, I guess the songwriting professor was pretty well connected because I show up to class one day, and she's like, hey, everybody, you know, I know that we have guest uh, songwriters come in every now and then and answer y'all's questions and play some songs and take it through them. Uh, I want y'all to welcome Steve Earle. And so I'm sitting in the back like a smart ass, and I'm just like... Who's this guy? <laughs> I didn't know who he was. And then I walk in, or he walks in, and uh, he he just looks like he just woke up. And he looks a little ragged, a little rough around the edges. And now I'm really going like, wow, this this uh, this is about what I expected because basically everybody else she brought in looked like that. And then he starts playing his songs, and I'm like, holy Jesus, these are really good songs. Like, much, much better than everybody else that comes in here and plays their, you know, country songs that they give to Tim McGraw and I was like who and I, I lean over ne- to somebody next to me who I know has bad taste in music he's listening to like Linkin Park and stuff like this guy loves his Linkin Park he's wearing like the piercings and all the in the black and he has his Linkin Park shirt on and uh, and I look over and I'm like hey who is this guy and he's like are you serious I was like go home and download some Steve Earl. What's wrong with you? He's like, this is a big deal. He's like, why do you think there's like three times as many people in the class this week as there usually is? I'm like, all right, man, I'll take your word for it. Steve Earl, whatever. Well, this is about the time that, uh, what was it, John, John Walker's Blues came out, like that album and everything. I went home and Googled Steve Earl. It turns out he's a big deal. <laughs> it turns out. And it turns out also there's like a Fox News odd against him. So ever, ever since that day, I've been a Steve Earl fan. But I asked my brother about him, and I was like, hey, Justin, what do you know about Steve Earle? And he's like, well, he's a great songwriter. And, uh, I mean, he's kind of a, he's kind of, a, of an older generation. Uh, he's been around for a while, and I know he kind of went through, like, 
some drug problems for a while there. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. All right. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's how I came to know Steve Earle. All right. Sure. So uh, we went outside to smoke and uh, talk about Corey Brandon. <laughs> and now we've convinced Chris to play Corey Brandon's on for us. Oh, well, this is, first of all, it should be noted that this is unreleased, so don't sue me or anything, but uh, this is an early, early Corey Brandon song that uh, folks heard him play a lot around Memphis early on, and uh, I haven't heard him play in a really long time, but anyway, I love it. This will be interesting without a G-string, anyway. for this is that I remember after uh, like sep- we know, like September 13th 2001 or whatever um, <laughs> um, I don't know why she's laughing either uh, September like 13th 14th 2001 I was driving down the street on 21st and I looked over to my right and there's KFC and it has like a lot of places did this at the time you know like God Bless America or whatever in their uh, little billboards out front and uh KFCs had um, what I think they were going for was fear not, God is with us. But without punctuation and the way they did the spacing, it was fear not, God is with us. <laughs> and I thought that's that's about right. So um, anyway, this is talking divinity, boys. Go before there was time, before there was reason, before there was rhyme, before the ragged and mythical lines of Adam and his girlfriend. The man of 873 created every fish in the sea, made the eagle, bondsman, cat, and me, Poseidon, and his merman. Send his son down from his cloud to try and make his image proud. But fools and prophets ain't allowed to live among each other. Separated from his views, subjected to devout abuse. One short night he called a truce and cried out for his mother. 
God-ordained crook sat upon its shelf and took no one to hell or heaven. It's subtle and sifted like a sieve, the sins by which devout men live, and mostly taught them to forgive a crime or two, or seven. But still this prince of kingdom come, when asked again what had become of his old idyllic slum, laughed just like before. And he spoke it thus to governors across the south and all the other agents about just keep my name out of your mouth when you send my sons to war. So let this be a lesson clear for everybody who's still here with unjust cause left to fear, reason, rhyme, or laughter. Let prophets with no alibi alone and safely let to lie their words and bodies left to die happily ever after. That's a great song for us. <laughs> that's a really great song. Should I play Memphis Queen? Oh, yeah, Memphis Queen. Folks seem to like Memphis Queen. I don't know. Do I have to put the lotion in the basket? What is it? 
No, we just want you to stay here and play for us all the time. Yeah. Oh. Uh, or you can send us like abusive emails like you usually do. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all no, say. But if he stayed, I mean, he can make corn fritters for him all the time. That's true. I could cook for you. And uh, he could play. And I would tell him stories about Seattle. Spin your yarns. For all I know, you're from New Mexico and you're just making it all up to make me like you more. My mama comments on the blog all the time. You can trace her IP and see that she really is. I have no idea what that means. Her mother comments on our blog. Tracing the IP? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's... Forget it doesn't matter. I don't know these things. I'm learning. It's computer crap. I'm learning. Do you have more songs that are political, by the way? Because if you do, you have a receptive audience here. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't know. This is a new one. The days of midnight fall, babe. The water's bound to rise. And in the restless waves tonight, her torch points to the sky. The city sent her shadows, and the darkness seeks to grow. She's a girl I used to know. She's a girl I used to know. Like, like, 
What, is it, what does that say about my life? No, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I, I just mean genuinely. I mean, like, all the songs you played that are new tend to, like, be not so much about love and, like, love songs and stuff. They, they tend more to be thoughtful. About, yeah. About, um, like, deeper things. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm young yet, you know, so I feel like uh, I'm always developing. And you hear so you hear songwriters and you're like, yeah, they kept they kept improving, they kept improving, they kept improving. And like you like look back in hindsight, like yeah, but they kind of peaked a couple albums ago, you know. So um, I guess the idea is to but always you gotta get, find your stride, right? So it's right. like, do you feel like you haven't maybe found your stride yet. Like, oh, I mean, I'm still young. Song? I'd like to believe that my best songs are ahead of me. That's not to say that the songs I've written are bad. I'm proud of the stuff that I've written so far, but at the same time, I don't really listen to it. You know, like. You write it, and it's true to where you were at the time, but then you do something else. No, yeah, but what, I, what I'm actually saying is, like, the songs that you've done that are the newer ones, I find really satisfying. Like, that song and the Talking Blue song you did and the other song you did before it, I, they're very strong lyrically, and also because they're about more than just relationships or whatever, I think they're satisfying. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that probably also has to do with, like, well, probably where you're coming from, from like a personal ideological and yeah, no, I'm sure political level and everything. But uh, no, I mean, ideally you're writing stuff that maybe provides an alternative. You know, uh, there's not a whole lot of people out there writing the type of um, folk lyrics that I'm trying to write, at least right now. I don't know if I'm doing it successfully or not, but I mean, I'm trying. And uh, it's it seems irresponsible right now to write songs knowing that you have an audience and not kind of use that platform to say something however great or small that audience might be or no matter what the demographic is and people that want to follow you will and uh, I'm just I'm always trying to write better and so if what you're saying is where did where did the new songs come from are they better than the old stuff well hopefully I mean I'd always like to do better you know yeah, what I mean is that it feels like um, actual, completely different style, it is. and not just style, but lyrically, the content is completely different. I mean, uh, if yeah, I'm I'm writing and right now. I'm not now. denigrating what you did before. What I'm saying is that it's different. Yeah, it's it is different. different. It is definitely different. What I'm doing right now is that I'm writing about two albums worth of material. Um, I'm trying to write a song a day which is kind of a feverish pace. If it was on Oregon, Oregon Trail, they'd be like... Uh, As a writer, I'm going to say that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was on Oregon Trail, they'd call it a grueling pace. I, I would have picked the grueling pace on Oregon Trail and the, and the what is it, the, the bad rations, whatever. The, anyway, um, I'd die of dysentery by, like, Kansas. Um, but I'm trying... I'm <laughs> trying. like to say a barbecue in Kansas. At least you didn't <laughs> end up with the Donner Party, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to write a song at days, days, and... For the most part, sticking to it because the, the idea is that, um, you know, if half of these songs are terrible, but half of them are terrible, that's fine. But just write as much as you can, go back and edit yourself. Um, so, what I'm doing is writing two, two albums worth of material right now. And one, I see being like a lot of the stuff I'm playing right now, which is like really full, uh, lyrically intensive, um, stripped down acoustic type stuff. Um, and then the second album, the, the, the Mimi album, if you will. And the second album would be like more the Cricket album, which is the gu guitar-heavy, uh, slightly southern rock-type album. Is this um, going in your liner notes? Is this going <laughs> in the liner notes? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? No, only if there's songs about us on each album. Uh, um, yeah. I, it seems like there should be a good song about y'all out there somewhere. Nobody's um, written a song about not us. Not yet. There will be, though. I'm sure. You can write it. I'll beat them to it. Why not? That's right. Uh, but yeah, so kind of everything I got, I'm writing right now kind of has two heads. It's either one extreme or the other. Uh, but this format, without the band and everything, lends itself to the disc one, the maybe the maybe disc, if you will. So. I'm not gonna complain about that. Mm -mm. I'm not gonna complain either. Also, I have she likes she likes that music. I do too. like the folk music. And the, uh, I think she just might be more open-minded than you. Are. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, maybe. Well, she seems to like everything that you like, but you don't seem to like everything that she likes. Um, no, she doesn't like everything I like, actually. It's just mm. that um, I listen to hip-hop and R&B. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you, uh, if you drink a glass of water, does she still speak for you? Sometimes, oh. not always. Man, you might have to fire press. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
No. He's so bad. Actually, I like him so much more now. No, I was just... I'm like, I was just sitting here thinking that I had run out of intelligence. You're all like, oh, yeah, let's have this intelligent conversation about songwriting. And I'm like, I'm on like a Bridget Jones track of, uh, I think I might have a bit of a crush right now. That's like the best I can like pull out of this. I don't think he's going to complain about that either, though. So, um, this is me. I'm Cricket. I'm Chris Milan. And um, this is our podcast, of course, in our living room. Come out and see him. Where are you going to play next? Uh, I'm actually booking a whole string of shows for the fall right now, so just check out chrismollen.com or MySpace Chris Mullen for more details as soon as I get All right. Excellent.